0: Welcome to Rise Smile Films, the film review podcast that mixes cinema with fine spirits. Journey with us as we encounter new, old, and strange films, with the occasional dabble into sports and music. Proceed with caution, as these podcasts feature spoilers and some mature language. This is Matt. And this is Jesse.
1: Today on Tap, we have Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, starring Simu Liu, Aquafina, Tony Leung, and Michelle Yeoh. Story by Dave Callaham, Daniel... I knew I was going to mess this up. Destin Daniel Creighton. I want to flip-flop those. Mm-hmm. And screenplay by Dave Callaham, Destin Daniel Creighton, and Andrew Lanham. Directed by Destin Daniel Creighton. Welcome back to Rice Smile Films. Uh, this time to wrap up this cast. We have a lot of 2021 catch-up here. Uh, just we've talked about, it's just a big release every week is just kind of what we've been in for, but there is a bit of a lull after this. There's not a lot out until like October and then it's like nuts again. Mm -hmm. Uh, but we have, uh, the next Marvel studios, MCU entry, Shang Chi and the legend of the 10 rings. Uh, this has been long in development And as we talked about on our Iron Man episode, this is one of their 10 properties that they actually had rights to when they took out that massive loan. Yeah. So 15 years in the making, Feige decided it's time to pull the trigger and here we are. So I'm sure we have a ton to talk about the story, the where this is going and just the character himself. I think that'll, that'll be pretty interesting.
0: Yeah. Today's going to be a really interesting chat. Yeah. I can say, honestly, beginning Right now, I have an idea where I think I want to go with this. Sure. We'll see if we can uh, change that. Good or bad. I'm not, it's not to say good or bad. I'm just saying I have an idea. But oftentimes, where we start and where I end up are the same. We'll yeah. see if that ends up
1: today or not. Yeah, sometimes. Yeah, sometimes yeah. we end up changing and whatnot. But yeah. some more of the Black Maple Hill uh, uh, straight bourbon whiskey. This is the Oregon, the Oregon limited edition batch. I think we really liked this bottle. It's this almost finished.
0: hmm mm. Excellent. Still excellent.
1: Slam dunk. Well, let's get this started with our flight question. All right, so Shang-Chi in the Legend of the Ten Rings presents, I think, an interesting uh, opportunity for Marvel Studios to delve into uh, technique, uh, a different type of action stream, because uh, it's, it's guys in suits, shooting lasers, shooting webs, throwing shields and whatnot, or it's a lot of gunfire and that type of action. I mean, this is more kind of fisticuffs, hand-to-hand combat, uh, more martial arts-centric uh, uh, superhero film, which I don't think we've really had before not that i can think of
0: played around with it on television with danny rand and iron Fist. oh god <laughs> yeah oh god is right so silver screen wise no first first time we've seen this action trope for yeah them. this
1: area so my question we've never done this before like let's just kind of talk about that little tiny subgenre in film mm-hmm. tiny uh top three favorite
0: martial arts films with your number three when I was looking over lists on this. I have to make an admission to you, and that's, I'm not I'm not as strong in this category as I thought it was. I thought I was a fairly
2: mm-hmm.
0: knowledgeable kung fu fan. I'm not. I'm you I, mean I just, you haven't seen a Street Fighter,
1: Sister of the Street Fighter? I haven't <laughs> seen any of them. Bride
0: of the Street Fighter. When I was looking through lists, just to sort of give me a catalog to choose. Sure. From, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Man, I bet two thirds of most of those lists I'd never seen. Mm-hmm. Is it same for you?
1: Uh, I've seen quite a few, but like a, a lot of them, you know, the good ones from the bad ones are weighted a little higher than than mm-hmm. the other. So um, I definitely did some research and found some that sounded interesting. I added them to like a yeah. watch list to check out later. <laughs>
0: that happened to me too. Mm-hmm. Number three is The Last Dragon from 1985 with Timac. Do mm. you ever seen this one? Mm-mm. So... It's a strange cast because his female lead in this is none other than Prince's Revolutions Vanity. Oh wow. Um it was in heavy heavy rotation back in 1985, so 13 years old on HBO. Okay. Daily I watched this mm. Kiss My Converse. Um I recommend it. Like it's it's not scored really high on Rotten Tomatoes. Okay. None of these are scored really high on Rotten Tomatoes cuz just a little too snobby to appreciate kung mm-hmm. fu artistry and yeah. i think that's the that's the premise right is the sure. choreography absolutely check it out uh timac has a very short career in so far as recognizable bits but it's crafted really well and this movie was my entry point into bruce lee mm. because there's a very cool routine that happens in sort of a seductive moment from vanity to timac using bruce lee um, I don't want to give you too much away because I think you actually would really enjoy it. Oh
1: no, I'll definitely add that.
0: 1985, so we're in the wheelhouse of big action. What's, and
1: tell me the title again, the full title. Uh,
0: the full title is "The Last Dragon."
1: Okay, that sounds familiar. I, I, you know, those HBO staples. I, 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 I saw a lot of those two growing up. Oh yeah, 1985. Mike stars
0: in it. William H Macy is Ooh, in it. What a great poster. Um, yeah, it's sweet. I it's. I'm, I think.
1: I think you'd like it. I can rent it on YouTube. Excellent. Yep. Perfect. My number 3, uh Drunken Master 2, mm-hmm. Legend of the Drunken Master. I knew I had to have a, a some sort of a Jackie Chan on here. Yeah, of course. And uh he has so many. I considered Rumble in the Bronx, I considered Police Story, but there's something about <laughs> His style is very comedic in its execution, being able to bounce off. I always call it the Jackie Chan wall hop, which I had to do one time uh, running through someone's backyard. Mm. <laughs> I think I mentioned that story on the mm-hmm. Patreon. Hey, sign up for the Patreon. You get to hear it there. Mm, here you go. But it's like that hop, skip, jump, and then you're over it. Like his, his choreography is very comedic in its execution, none more so than Drunken Master, where he has this drunken fighting style that the more he drinks, the more proficient of a fighter he becomes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's really good. It's really exciting. It's funny. And in the end fight sequence, if you remember the hot coals and him run, he did a stunt where he actually falls on hot coals. It's crazy. Uh, That's my number three. I don't know if it's my favorite Jackie Chan, but I think in terms of like martial arts proficiency, it's definitely one of, one of his best.
0: I think his comedic style and almost the dancing like ability that he had has to be appreciated. And to Mm -hmm. Jackie Chan, guy that did his own stunts, all of them. He did one. I can't remember
1: what film it is. I think it's, Operation Con- Armor of the God 1 or 2 cuz at the end of a lot of his Japanese films the end credit is a montage of like injury footage
2: mm.
1: how much he got hurt through the thing and there was one where he like fell out of a tree and hit his head when he landed and like cracked his skull open And it was, like, the closest he had ever, like, come to dying doing one of his stunts. They had to, like, airlift him out of there. It was, like, pretty serious. His,
0: like, brain was bleeding. It was not a good situation. And they show it. It's (laughs) funny that you bring that up. He's been in the news lately. Yeah. Have you followed any of his news Mm -mm. lately? Yeah. He's kind of gone off the rails, man. So maybe those brain injuries have caught up with (laughs) him. They could. Yeah. That's a lot of kicks to the head. I don't want to get into it because this isn't the podcast for this place. But it's an interesting look if anybody wants to study that. Number two. Got to go with the master. Mm Mm-hmm. None other than Bruce Lee. I can't imagine this isn't on your list, too, but it's Enter the Dragon. I think that was, at the time, the first biggest, best studio performance for that character and actor and burgeoning genre.
1: Yeah. Well, it was huge, and then just more so because he had just passed, too.
0: Yeah. The mirrors, um, having some recognizable Hollywood faces to go opposite him and opposition. And you can see at this point that that man, who I think mastered the craft five or six times, because he's so mm-hmm. about Kung Fu and martial arts, eating, breathing, living, sleeping 24, 7.
1: percent body fat. Be water. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. Um, which that's, a, if we want to talk about bad, kung fu movies be water the documentary on him is atrocious There's there's better things oh,
1: things about him than that
0: i love that film enter the mm-hmm. dragon so great
1: i didn't put it on my list because i knew one of us probably would bring it up and talk about so uh i'm glad you i'm glad you included it there yeah, yeah it has to be considered it, that, that's one of that's one of the best yeah it has the, the polished sheen of like a really good movie compared to his other four yeah not to say that those other four aren't good i considered game of death i think is interesting plot wise uh there's the there's a scene in the, in Game of Death where he like it almost like mimics like he like fakes getting killed by like a gun and then it like happened to his son like 25 years later it's such a bizarre mm-hmm. film mm-hmm. and then he fights Kareem i mean that's badass that is badass number 2 for me uh i'm not going to explain too much about the plot because i would hope we could do this film one day cuz i know how much you would really like it uh so the series is The Raid uh, and the first one's called The Raid Redemption, but the second one's The Raid 2, and it's one of the most furious tenacity you know, martial arts things I've ever seen. You know, one of those things when you see, like, man, this looks, like, it feels violent while you're, you remember Creed 2, mm-hmm. like, the, those type of sequences? It's this from beginning to end. It just doesn't stop. So the sheer talent and the choreography in this is one of the best things I've ever seen, and it's exciting uh, kind of almost think you know, you know it's it's like its own kind of cor- bring down corruption like esque like espionage type type films, but the fighting is on another level. I've never seen it mimicked better in a in a film before. Mm, so that's
0: pretty high praise. Yeah, I would,
1: it would be fun to do and in, in like we would have to find a cask uh, to to do it with, maybe like a police policing type thing. Mm, yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, what's your number one?
0: This is cheating a little bit. A little bit. Okay. Maybe I'm stretching the martial arts genre just a touch, but not entirely. I think I told you not too long ago that I revisited this franchise, and it played better than maybe it had played for some years for me. Mm. It's Kill Bill Volume 2. Oh, nice. I like two better than one. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're going to get into this with the show here today. One of the pieces of kung fu or martial arts films that I really enjoy is the mysticism, but the mysticism insofar as a higher or elevated version of self Mm -hmm. by a mastery of a technique, yeah, not by magical rings or dragons or, you know, whatever, like a higher elevated, almost Buddhist through the four noble truths kind of positioning.
1: I thought about that too. While I was watching the, this film, just how can you not? Well, just that idea of, you know, martial artists to have that, um, discipline you find yourself having to get onto that higher plane. i'm like i was like i could never get my brain to do that yeah. you know what i mean uh so i know that, that that is kill bill volume two when she gets
0: or when we get into the training bit with mm-hmm. her and you watch the hell that she's put through oh yeah yeah and then the <laughs> fist and the little two inches that she can make and yeah. generating enough power and how that's going to play out later so good yeah And Uma Thurman's great. I'll Mm -hmm. give her a ton of credit because that is a very physically demanding role that she played. Mm -hmm. You do get in most Kung Fu films or martial arts tropes, the showdown between master and student. And oftentimes student rises and overtakes master because that's the general premise there. Her conversations with Bill Mm -hmm. at the end and Bill... In a strange way, softening the way that John Wayne refuses to sit in the rocking chair in The Searchers. Mm-hmm. The way that Carradine or Bill refuses to acquiesce to a family model until he has no choice. Mm-hmm. And then the twist on who he's taking care of. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Especially when you consider how that film starts in the assassination at the wedding. Mm-hmm. <laughs> The dialogue, okay, we talk a lot about Tarantino's dialogue. Oh, yeah. And sometimes how what we're talking about is really interesting and doesn't have much to do with the premise other than maybe giving you an insight into the subconscious or the backstory on the characters. The conversation that she has with Bill before they have the final steps before he falls over in the mm-hmm. is just genius.
1: It's a good pick. I don't think you're stretching it. I mean No, you let me have that one? Yeah, that's Tarantino's like homage to Kung Fu Kung Fu movies, all, all right. those Shaw Brothers films and everything we've been talking about. Absolutely. So
0: that's number one, surprisingly. I didn't think that was gonna make it and
1: it did. We've both been revisiting a lot of Tarantino as of late, like, because we did True Romance. You watched that. I went back to the once upon a time in Hollywood bin. Uh so that's that's interesting.
0: It's just this is not his podcast. I don't want to say that just one quick statement. Yeah. I don't want to get off the rails here. He is so maddening to me. Mm-hmm. He is such a maddening director. Who's more maddening, him or Shamilan? I almost just asked you the same question, <laughs> Shamilan. Yeah. I can't even say it this morning. It's so maddening. Shamilan, Ding Dong is a, more maddening. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, his Tarantino's misses. Yeah, are far superior to sure. Shamalan's yeah. misses.
1: Yeah, his misses are just like. Some of the worst movies ever made. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Excellent.
0: Give me your number one, man. I want to hear this. Man, if you're stretching
1: martial arts, what am I doing with my number one? But Billy you, Jack. Uh, I I have a Billy Jack box set, actually. Do you really? I do. It has the four Billy Jack, Billy Jack goes to Washington, like trial of Billy Jack. <laughs> I may have to borrow that from you. Yeah. Can yeah. I borrow it? Yeah, sure. Huh. Sweet. There's a few in there I actually haven't even seen. Uh, I have only think I've seen the first one. What an interesting series. Anyway. Yeah. Uh. I had to pick Big Trouble in Little China. Uh, Oh, sweet! I didn't even think about that. Of course you did. And I think what makes it so good is because because Kurt Russell is such an oof in that. His little sidekick Wang is actually really good at martial arts, and then you have the Lords of Death, and then the Wing Kong, and Mm. then Egg Shen and his thing. Like the the martial arts isn't like the most mind blowing of the films that I've discussed, but it's definitely the most fun. Like that movie's just bananas from beginning to end. So. That had to be my number one.
0: (laughs) I love it. That's a great choice. Yeah, I have a question for you as we've talked about these now. Okay. I think you've presented some opportunities with the one that you didn't want to give me too much on. um, Raid 2. Raid 2. That film. And then was it Way of the Fist? Is that the one that Bruce Lee starred, directed, and produced? Which um, I'll look it up here. Well, there's Fist of Fury. Way of the Dragon's the one that he basically had his fingerprint. That's the Chuck Norris one.
1: Yeah, and it's also called Return of Them. That movie has, like, five titles.
0: Okay. This is the... Okay, so the one... I'm going to call it The Way of the Dragon, but whatever the hell that one is. Mm -hmm. I think we've laid out the possibilities. You just mentioned Billy Jack too, possibly. (laughs)
1: Martial arts
0: cast. Maybe. Sure. That would be fun. Definitely.
1: We'll have to plan that uh, for one of those times when we have one of these gaps where we don't have, like, a lot of, like, new releases. We'll be perfect for that.
0: Mm. I love it.
1: Excellent. Well, cheers to your list. Cheers to your list. (laughs) Excellent. Uh Add some of those to your watch list, everybody. Uh, catch up on them. I watched Orca this week. When's the last time you watched Orca? Oh, mm, my God.
0: Never. <laughs> it's been so long, it's been never. No, I've seen it once. It's, that Killer that, whale. That
1: movie's bananas. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. Excellent. But no more beating around okay. the bush. Let's get to our review breakdown of Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. You have
2: the wrong guy. Does he look like he can fight? Come on, bro. Uh. Uh. Uh you okay <laughs> <laughs>
1: what up y'all it's your boy clev coming at you live on the bus i actually did take a little bit of martial arts as a youth so i'm gonna try and grade this fight as we're going
0: jesus christ (laughs) yeah exactly okay clev
1: that guy would be on a train ready to live stream that thing yep but like we do let's start at the beginning uh the the beginning of shang chi and the legend of the ten rings we actually start with his dad who is got to bear with me on the names here, mm-hmm. but it's Zhu Wenwu. Uh, he actually finds these uh, 10 rings, uh, which are pretty interesting. We haven't really seen these show up in the Marvel universe, but they can essentially just bend to your will. They provide like a defense mechanism. You can admit energy from them. You can almost seems like you can uproot the earth. I thought these were pretty interesting tools actually. And at, as the film went on, I was like, shit, going forward, What's going to be able to stop these 10 rings? Like, this is a pretty, form- if they gotten into the wrong hands, mm-hmm. I could see this being a problem for our heroes, whatever the team looks like at the end. yeah. What, what did you kind of think of them, I mean, uh, as, a, as a weapon?
0: I thought the same thing, too. Uh, When we start getting into gauntlet spaces mm-hmm. in Marvel, you can go one of two ways, and one is they know what they're doing, <laughs> or, oh, my gosh, another handheld mystical weapon. The Ten Rings, however, at first introduction are interesting enough, so I think you probably don't have to worry about drowning in another gauntlet that's all-powerful. Yeah. But whereas the Infinity Gauntlet allowed you six possible powers, these do seem to have an almost Green Lantern-like ring Mm. that if you can envision what you would like them to do... They can probably make it happen. What I really liked about them is this ability that almost... This is a terrible um, corollary. But the yo-yo effect where you can release Mm. them. And then they come back. And then they come back. So you get a projectile element too. And then also what they work really well as is a blocking like defense mechanism. I really
1: liked how they used them to like jump really high. Yeah, Because he has to use them to get to that cliff at the end of the film. And he just... Shoots him oh. into the ground and it propels him. Yep. So they get, it's a propulsion force as well. I think it's a great tool. I'm, I'm glad that we that they decided to kind of show that to us and use that as a mechanism in this film. What did you think of this character, Wenwu? He's going to become our villain, our father figure. Uh, he Right here, he's looking for supreme power. He's decimating empires. He forms the Ten Rings Army Force. <laughs> so I guess that's what we'll call it. Just kind of... Not pillaging, or maybe they are. I don't know. Uh, all these kingdoms in the area until he meets uh, this woman. He's looking for. He's essentially looking for like Hollow Earth. This one, it seems like. Yeah, right. Talo, Ta, Ta It's a village said to you know have all these mystical and fantastical things, uh, but he runs into Zeling. Oh no! Wait, hang on, Yingli. <laughs> yeah, and then they kind of have this weird, interesting like fight dance romance while they're engaging. Like, what'd you think of all that? It was almost like two people falling in love over the proficiency of them being really good fighters. And that reminded me a lot of crouching tiger, hidden dragon, the way they were kind of moving almost like a ballet. It almost seems wrong to
0: call it dancing, but it's kind of like what that was. That's happened twice in the last two weeks where I've seen this done really well, actually. Mm -hmm. So right. Shows up to Talo to pillage or plunder, whatever Mystical elements are there.
1: What did you think of Talos' like defense mechanism, which is the forest eat, like eating its victims, or like the the
0: trees caving in on itself? Oh, let let me save that for a little bit. Let me. Um, I don't love it. Well, it comes back later. It does. Him getting there though makes sense. This is a guy that is essentially just this imperialistic conqueror that's mm-hmm. taking over anything he can that has a value. Yeah. The battle that results in some romantic interest was done really well in this film in this short period. Mm-hmm. It's also been done really well. We talked about it a couple weeks ago off mic or last week. In The Protégé, mm-hmm. Michael Keaton and Maggie Q do a really good job of the same thing. And that's a harder film, so you get a little bit more absolute final ending to the way the battle goes. Sure. But for everybody that's looking for something... Check that film out. It's worth your, it's worth your time. Yeah. That's an interesting deal, right? So aggressive male shows up is wielding some mighty power and that dance that they go is not unfamiliar in the animal kingdom to the mating ritual. If you think about it, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, as humans, it's a bit more refined and not quite as savage as that might be in the animal kingdom. But there is a chase and a capture that does have some elements of aggressive to it. Why not do it this way? Mm -hmm. And I think the dance that they are engaged in, again, really well choreographed. That has to be an element in a kung fu film to where they move fluidly together. Mm -hmm. It's funny, too, because it starts off and they are really not moving together. And by the end, they are really in sync. Mm -hmm. Sexually, if you want to be honest about it, it's about penetration and acceptance. And I thought that part was really, really well done.
1: Yeah, and I kind of liked like what they were doing with the with those characters mm-hmm. too. It, and to me, just kind of the backdrop of the Marvel universe, it kind of felt nice this time out to have a villain that wasn't interdimensional space being. Yeah, yeah, yet. Uh, yet, yet. Uh, but what what Dad represents in here, I thought, was a formidable opponent, and I liked it. And I liked his in on his villainy later on in the film. It was very familial. You know what I mean? And it was nice that we're like, well, shit, we're not trying to conquer the Earth and bring space beams into the sky. And we're not trying to uh, terraform the planet Earth or whatever the hell Steppenwolf is doing. And it's just this guy that was just really upset that
0: his wife died. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I wanna, what, go ahead. Let me, I want to ask you a question. Okay. When... I can't remember this guy's name, but this this when this guy gains the 10 rings. Wenwu, yeah. When Wu gains the 10 rings, mm-hmm. there's not a definitive origin to how he comes to them. We get it in a voiceover. Mm-hmm. Do you like that it's in this ether of maybe this or maybe that it came from a cavern or maybe it was granted or maybe he won them? What do you think? Do you think that is a good step or... Where you're intrigued, or is that lazy writing? I guess I was okay with it. Um, I didn't think about it too much until you
1: just asked just now. Okay. But yeah, if there was a shot of him finding it in a cave, because he keeps them in like a little chest. If he found that in a cave, or if he won it in a tournament, I guess that would have been okay. But I I was all fine with them getting in it a little late, uh, because... the movie's called Shang-Chi, it's not <laughs> when wu's in, but, yeah. but it is, the, I think the rings are important, so I think you bring up a good point, but I'm with you, I, I really liked this just kind of opening court, courtsmanship <laughs> to, to woo over someone, and then it works, I mean, they have two kids, and uh, one of them, Shang-Chi, our titular hero, and then we kind of really jump to uh, to present day. Ever, ever told you the joke that I always thought present day was like an actual holiday as a kid? That's hilarious. So when it would show up in movies, I was like, "What? when do we celebrate present day? I was like, no, that's just a thing to tell people we're here now. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. So I, I thought about it again when I saw it this time. But Shang-Chi is just kind of living a very simpleton life. Parking cars, San Francisco. Everyone thinks he has more to offer than he really does. And he's got his friend Katie, played by Aquafina, and they're kind of just coasting, you know what i mean? They're coasting, they have ambition, but this is what they want to yeah. do. And what we don't know at this point uh, as an audience is Shang-Chi is moved gotten away from something, something his past, and he's just trying to lay low. Yeah. Uh but it's when, you know, the past catches up with you when we get that opening little scene uh here reveal. Let's talk about Shang-Chi. I- I've never heard of Simi Lu. I thought that was a pretty good casting of uh, the character. Just first impressions. Uh, what do you think uh, that and what, what do you think that for the Marvel universe going forward?
0: Yeah, that's a good question. I tried to think about as we get into the reconstruction of another Avengers team, whether they're called the Avengers is not or not. Who played the role of street level, ready, good in a fight kind of space? From the original team. Black Widow? Black Widow, yeah. That's what I came up with too. But I'd be willing to almost say we haven't really even had this yet. You know what I mean? Right. If you wanted, it's shown up. I would say that was the Defenders or most of the Netflix Defenders properties. Sure, yeah. But that's not MCU recognized yet until the next Spider-Man. Yeah, wait wait for the nightcap question. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it fits a space that's good. Mm-hmm. Uh, you and I are both really hoping, I think this movie might have derailed this, but I think you and I are both really hoping for the next, if we're going to have Big Bad, that is capable, street-level, kingpin, but cool version of kingpin that guy.
1: Yeah, the hand. Yeah, you know,
0: Like like right. the, the, those type of people. He, Shang-Chi, is perfect for that. Mm-hmm. Um I have a question for you though about that. Okay, so that's that's I think we both agree, maybe Black Widow, but not entirely present, so it's fresh. Mm-hmm. As powerful as he is. This is getting way ahead of ourselves. Yeah. Is he, though, if we like him in this role now, too powerful if he becomes the bearer of the ten rings? Does he need them? I don't think he does. And, either. And I almost feel like
1: the way that they teased out the credit scene that maybe the there's some sort of theft of the rings coming in the future. We haven't seen that before. Yeah, but I think getting those rings away from him makes mm-hmm. him more interesting. Yes. It's like getting the Mjolnir away from Thor. It like infinitely improved that character. Because when, when I well like when Perfect. I like yeah Good when, when I liked Shang Chi in this was when he was kind of just doing his regular fisticuffs. Uh, it's when it got too fantastical for me, and then that's when I was like, well, maybe I just don't know Shang Chi and how crazy it gets but it gets pretty crazy ladies and gentlemen as we get to the end of this film but i like the street level fisticuffs hand-to-hand combat because it is something we haven't really gotten a lot of i don't even want to throw spider-man into that because he's so Mm -hmm. overarching new york city and fuck he was in italy in the last one Like he was in europe it was spidey takes europe in the last movie Mm um i think shang chi represents like a cool hand-to-hand martial arts angle into the Marvel Universe that we've never seen before. Yeah. And I'm on board. Like, I, I want more of that.
0: Yeah. I think maybe you could say there's some Black Panther-like sp- able to fight on the ground with minimal mysticism. And there are certainly elements of this that reminded me of Black Panther and Wakanda as we get into it. I just don't think the fighting is as disciplined no. as it's supposed to be here. I mean right. I think the teachings, the
1: the lore lend itself to more precision mm-hmm. versus kind of flailing about. Not to say that these heroes, any of them flail about. They're very good at fighting.
0: You said ladder a minute ago. Speaking ladder in the film or later in the film. Mm-hmm this first act of this movie is exactly what I thought this film should and needed to be. And you set it up really well, Jesse, this guy who is laying very low as a valet and spending some nights at the bowling alley, doing karaoke, making just enough to get by and not wanting for anything more is how you blend in Mm -hmm. to the ether of just society. You just become a participant. We have no idea how talented he is. Well, we do because the movie is named him, but mm-hmm. as Aquafina, we don't know how talented and deadly he is until we have this sequence on the on this bus. Yeah. And two things happen in this. Mm-hmm. One, we recognize, wow, this guy's actually
1: really good. A total badass. <laughs> yeah.
0: And secondly, they find they being the directorial team and the choreograph martial arts element mm-hmm. to really give us An awesome fight sequence in a really tight little space. Think about being on a bus if you were in a fight. You know how hard it would be to get away? Because there's nowhere to go. Yeah, no, you're crammed. Yeah. But he is so nimble. And everything becomes an apparatus that you can swing around or take cover behind. And then we get the introduction to the muscle, Mm -hmm. which is razor fist. Yeah. Let's talk about that character for a minute. Tell me what you think there.
1: Oh, I just talk about this. And I think oh, yeah. this was my favorite part of the film, actually. This bus bit. Yeah, this bus bit. Mm-hmm. I Because I, I really liked Because I, I, I did like how congested it was. I liked how well it was put together. And again, I like the impact of the the punches. You know, I think of Indy punching a guy, and it sounds like he's crushing his skull. Like here, you could feel the, like the impact of like these th- these punches and these kicks. Like it was like really dealing some damage. And when he's able to kind of leap and he has to use that woman's laptop as like to not get like crushed and whatnot. Uh, meanwhile, the bus is just careening down San Francisco Boulevard here down the windiest streets. I thought it was fairly exciting. I was I was like, this is this is great. I, I want more sequences like this than mm-hmm. what Marvel tends to gravitate towards and more on that later. Yeah, this is this is what I dig, And I like the, the bit coming up Uh bamboo scaffolding on the side of the building i thought thought that was fun too yes uh razor fist though yeah you always have to have you have like young drago yeah yeah young drago is that him it is florian Murnau. was it it is oh i didn't recognize him uh you gotta have like just your kind of foot soldiers that you just make mints and then you gotta have like the heavy yeah and uh with a pretty cool weapon, right? Yeah, with a pretty cool thing and it's it's at that point when you should have realized what, the, what are you doing with this thing? That's a pretty fancy weapon you got there. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but I'm mostly okay with it. I'm mostly okay with it for for here in the in its infancy. I think it's really exciting. I'm engaged and I'm in, I want to know more about Shang-Chi at this point. I'm like I'm like what secrets are you holding, man?
0: If you're not able to conquer Shang-Chi because you're not as good at martial arts as he is, then you have to go the other way and that's out brawn him. And certainly picking Florian Murnau, who is a monster. Huge. Oh, yeah. And then giving him essentially a captain hook like apparatus that is this <laughs> yeah. mystically empowered blade that is yeah. the slicing hand apparatus. I don't even know exactly where that came from and how we got there, but that's his weapon. You've got something. You're not just going to be able to punch this guy in the nose and knock him over because it won't have any effect because he's so hulking. Mm -hmm. And then he's added this other element to it. What you reduce Shang-Chi to in order to survive then is speed. Mm -hmm. And I think we recognize now that he's fast. He's nimble, agile. He's quite proficient in martial arts techniques. And you've got, as we've spoken about, a really cool hero Street level, not mystic, not super empowered. Oh yeah, just talented.
1: Yeah, we, he needs to go bust some like heroin ring at this point. Right, right, <laughs> right. Which is what I thought. Think things were gonna go. I should have known better. But no, I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah, it's very, it's very real world, and You've, I d-
0: and I dig it. Two big battle sequences so far. The opening of Shang Chi's father with his mystical tin rings mystically wiping people out with ring tornadoes and ring shields and ring lightning and the power of the 10 rings, just sawing through Mm -hmm. armies. Pretty impressive. Yeah. And then Shang-Chi very talented on his feet with just his fists and gravity and physics and martial arts ability. Mm -hmm. One of those at this point seems Far superior to the other because you can punch really good and be great in the air and tumble and be mm-hmm, nimble, mm-hmm. but the ten rings pretty much end all that. Yeah, like this. So okay, I'm. Uh, you know where this is going. Oh, they wouldn't give you the bad guy and the good guy and not recognize they're coming together. Sure. Okay, so I'm intrigued. How are we going to get there?
1: Yeah. So this sends us so far. Yes. Yeah, so, <laughs> so this sends us on a quest. Uh, he got a letter in the mail from his sister, and it's just an address in Macau, China. To, so he's like, I need to go see what's going on. If these guys are after me, I need to make sure she's okay. I got to see what's happening here. And this is where we kind of get into a little bit of you know the backstory of the Ten Rings and then the courtship of the mother. And I'm into this, and just from a storytelling uh, mechanism... Did you, because Guardians of the Galaxy, like, you know, mom's dying there really early on and they kind of show us and kind of get that out of the way right away. This kind of waits up until maybe act three to tell us what happened to the mother. Uh, we just know at this point we might just, we may as well think, well, she just left, you know what I mean? And she's just missing. Uh, we don't know that she was killed. But do you like that? Do you like that they saved it as long as they did? Did they kind of play it out enough for you? I kind of thought they did, but I also could have used it earlier on too. I don't know.
0: Yeah, no, I I did like this. Mm -hmm. Although as much as I liked it, we're going to start getting into a space that is where some of the problems for this film arise, and that is it's too recently heated to be preheated or reheated again when he shows up to protect or find out what has happened to sister, he does that because the pendant that was given to him around his neck has been stolen. Mm -hmm. Okay, so someone ripped off your necklace, big deal, but there must be something bigger about this. And then if he's going to backtrack to sister who he left essentially Mm -hmm. at the bus station six years ago Mm -hmm. and just fled, just left her, then we're starting to see why maybe Shang... Wanted to lay solo is he's hiding from some family regret. Yeah, he shows up and essentially now we're in the middle of Fight Club meets Ragnarok. Yeah, okay, that's fine. I, I'm good. I, I want to watch him fight.
1: Uh, this is what should have been in Madripoor in uh, yes. Falcon and the Winter Soldier.
0: Okay, so yeah, you literally just took it <laughs> out of my mouth. So we are at Madripoor, which is reheated from Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and. If you liked the battle between Thor and Hulk and Ragnarok, why not give people Wong and the Abomination and this?
1: Yeah, if 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 if, if the Grandmaster's fight is supposed to be the supreme, this is like the B team, C team fight. So this seems appropriate because it, it it does seem a little. I don't want to say black market. What do I say? Like
0: oh, the social gram, insta Instagram, social media version of. The Grandmaster's Coliseum in Ragnarok.
1: Yeah, just yeah, some like just yeah, Fight Club here, here, here in China. I was I kind of liked this too. I, I guess maybe I like. Do you think Tim Roth came back to do Shemosen capture for Abomination?
0: <laughs> well, I wanted to ask you about him. Okay, we've seen Emil Blonsky before. Oh yeah, this is Hulk's big opposition bad. Mm-hmm. Um, mostly the first time it was a miss; they didn't do it well. But I think in this, just for the two and a half minutes that we get him. I think that introduction is the post-credit scene that they do a pretty good job of working in a couple times in this because, look, man, if we're going to use Wong in this Mm -hmm. and the mysticism of portals and circles, we're getting to the importance of Doctor Strange going forward, but not in a heavy-handed way. And everybody likes Wong. And for this film, Wong being semi-comedic, he fits. Here's the thing: Blonsky looks great. The Abomination looks great. Yeah,
1: they like did they like gave him gills this time. Yeah, yeah, they like redid the design of it. Larger ears, larger ears. So I thought that was interesting, and I was like, are they they rebrought that character does because he's going to show up again somewhere down the line or something? Yeah, I don't know. Have you seen
0: off the subject? Yeah, is there any news on Hulk going forward as Hulk without a team concept behind him? I, I don't think they can. I think it, there's a rights issue with
1: Universal. Oh really? That's never been resolved. That's stopping a solo like Hulk, Hulk film. film. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um when oh. I saw this, when I saw Wong show up, it reaffirmed, you know, what I've seen in the trailers for Spider-Man, uh what we've seen in WandaVision, what we've seen so, in Or Luke. what you
0: didn't see in Wandavision.
1: What we didn't see, but yeah, just the conceptually what mm-hmm. the ideas they're playing with. Mm-hmm. I think they're really, I think more than you're stating, I think strange is the conduit that's going to make these next seven films rotate all over. and if Wong is then the Nick Fury of that group mm-hmm. he's kind of your recruit he's almost like the Coulson the recruitment tool of kind of going to each one and kind of getting like a piece here and there mm-hmm. that that would tie together I, ne- I didn't think you know I guess we're getting more evidence now of how much the mysticism the mystic arts uh, multiverse how much that's going to play into this and I think it strange is at the center of all of this.
0: Jesse's dancing around the nightcap question for tonight. So, yeah, yeah. Um that's why we're going there and I was trying to be a bit uh sneaky about it, but there's the it's going to be a nightcap question around where it's going. So let's just stick in this space for a minute mm-hmm. now that I don't have to be coy about this. Yeah. Wong works and If we're going to use Strange, that is risky because there's lots of pieces of Strange that have never worked in comics, and that's why he was mostly until the Avengers and Benedict Cumberbatch. I wouldn't go quite B, maybe B-plus character. Fair? Yeah, B's good. Okay. Okay, B. Here's the big problem, though, right? We've talked about what we liked about Shang-Chi being street-level, capable fighter, and instantly we're adding... A level of mysticism to this that is going to take what is i'm good on my feet on the street and turn it into lack of gravity lack of space there's no physics because i have these rings and mysticism and we're not quite there yet because no. jesse talked about it, the scaffolding escape bit so okay
1: that happens right here.
0: Shang Chi shows up. He has a fight with his sister. It's real broadcast. Quick, real, okay, go ahead. real
1: quick before you go there, because I know where you're going.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, do you like the the, the 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 whole strange and sanctum Santorum? I think this is kind of cool, actually. Like to see them tied so interconnectively with with these films and,
0: and series. Oh uh, yeah, I just this was the post credits scene, either A or B that we got in the middle of the film, mm-hmm. and I think it just ends up being distracting. Wong's going to show up later at the very end of the film as the movie ends. I don't
1: think these things can be distracting because 26 films in now, seven, 27 films. I don't know how many films they've made. It can't be as distracting to have these larger than life characters show up for a minute because they've established this collective universe of characters where it almost seems like they can do that. You know what I mean? Like, Oh, there's just that character walking down the street or it's that. And like, I think we're almost at a period where we've seen them so much where it's not... Seeing them to me wasn't like a a big twist to me. Oh. It was just kind of like, oh, they're there. They're just part of it.
0: Okay, so maybe distraction is the wrong word because I actually agree with what you said. But you know what we're not familiar with in this film? Shang-Chi. No. So... Don't get me wrong. Yeah. The middle of this
1: film kind of like forgets that it's his movie. And like we start focusing on... Ben Kingsley, Hollow Earth, and yeah, Ben Kingsley shows up. Let's save that for him. But we almost kind of abandoned shang Chi a little bit, mm-hmm. and all the kind of good work that they were doing with him. But here, it, kind of what they're doing, and we're just at a, like a, just a different thing. We want to see him fight again. He fights his sister. I'm
0: trying to be fair about this as I go through it, and let me think this through in real time on the mic with everybody. We all know what happened after this first large 26 film run of Marvel was and there are certain things in there that were monetizable and we must acknowledge they're going to be used again. You want to tie the second iteration Marvel 2.0 if you will to some of the pre-existing characters that are around from 1.0 for familiarity to shrink the world and make it not quite so big and to also show that there's a lineage going forward. We're going to get that. Wong does that, no question about it. I wonder though. And I'm not even sure if I where I where I am at on this as far as criticism. I wonder if by bringing him in now we are subverting the attempts to introduce Shang-Chi to the audience and let us really watch him grow in the way that all of the original avengers did again way more known iron man is much more popular than shang chi yeah but let them grow and germinate organically instead of you just about to got to go you're just now kind of getting to know him and then we're going to and by the way it's tied into our bigger world fret not <laughs> i'm not sure where i'm at on that
1: yeah i so will run with it yeah i'm i'm okay with it right now it's not until later when it when it when it becomes kind of an issue but here like I, i'm okay i kind of and i i like seeing that they're trying to tie the seeds of the past into these new seeds of the future of like this character that they're they're trying to establish uh yeah you're right distracting's the the wrong word to use i'm i'm i'm, I'm pretty okay, uh, okay with it and it's it's just a nice moment at at this point you know what i mean it's some familiarity if 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 what they're trying to take is Shang-Chi, now like a D-list character, and get an audience to kind of get on board with him. Like, people are going to see these movies because they've seen, you know, every 25 films prior to this. So them seeing little nuggets and little kind of ties here and there is okay with me.
0: One more quick thing. Okay. In this fight arena that's being broadcast on the dark web by this underground fight club ring, there's a lot of characters that they can use to show a connection to the Marvel universe that is larger. I don't I like Wong. Don't get me wrong, I like Wong. I like this version of the Abomination. I think he looks cool. I love what Wong does to win the fight against the Abomination. Essentially, he portals the Abomination's fist back into the Abomination's face. It's pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. That's a good move. Yeah. I think we can say there's a lot of choices for them to use in the Marvel Periphery universe. Yeah, there's thousands of characters they could use. I just, again, I, I'm not sure on any of this. I don't know if I love that it's Wong because Wong and Strange Incorporated is going to show up at the end of the film and make their presence known. I, I'm not. I'm not entirely sure. I guess maybe I keep bringing up because maybe I'm admitting I don't know if I love it. I don't hate it though. It was fun to watch. I like Wong. I like the Abomination. I just thought maybe there's a couple ways they could have gone. It might have been a different way. It just possibly, possibly. There's a hundred ways they could have. Overkill, maybe? Done. I don't know. I, I'm hedging my bets because I haven't thought about this a ton. But anyway, okay, so let's move on.
1: Yeah. I liked it. Yeah, I got I, you. yeah, yeah you should. Yeah. I, yeah. So, but then we get to this, you know, uh, the, the Ten Rings army shows up, and they're like, we're going to get the sister. We, the, the, And she has a pendant, too. We'll find out the importance of that here in a bit, but then we get this scaffolding bit that I was talking about. It's like bamboo scaffolding on the side of a building and it's like we gotta escape and it's all rickety and shit. Very I gotta, cool. I gotta tell you, like I, I think I mentioned uh I don't know, we were watching something or I like factories, like factory chases or like factory action bits. And I love scaffolding scenes. Like, I don't know what it is about dangling from, like, rickety shit from the side of a building that's just, like, me on the edge of my seat. Like, I I love when films do this. Hmm. I didn't know that. We need more scaffolding action bits in movies. (laughs) But this was great. You know, Aquafina's hanging from a thing of bamboo. Shang-Chi's got to do, like, a hop, skip, and a jump to get her just in time. And Sister, who's essentially gave him the middle finger, comes back to help him. And then it all just kind of come full circle as dad and his love that he's just wearing like sandals Mm -hmm. just shows up and he's like, it's time to come home, son. And then at that point, I was realizing he doesn't want to kill his kids. He just needs something. And that's when I was really on board with the the villain aspect, who I perceive as the villain, which is Wing Woo, uh, dad. That it's it, it was a very grounded and very Skywalker centric family esque drama that we're fighting over, and to me, that was refreshing compared mm. to a lot of what we've had in films past, Marvel and DC included. It felt that felt contained. Agreed. Uh, so once they get to the the compound, and we're kind of getting the secrets. What did you kind of like about? Did you think Dad was a bit? He's hell bent on your mother's alive. We just need the map to get there. Once we get there, we're going to rain hell upon these people, and we're going to get your mother back, and we can come back here and be a family again. How are we not, like, on board with this? This is great. I love this motivation for our character.
0: Well, this is you're in my wheelhouse yeah, stuff, yeah, right? Yeah. Family tragedy to inspire characters. Dad just misses this woman that he loves so, sim- so much. So, sim- so simple. So simple. This woman that he loves so much that she righted his terrible malevolent actions and turned him into essentially this all wielding, put your 10 rings away and just be dad. Good guy. Mm -hmm. If that's not a testimonial for the power of love and family, then I don't know what else you're looking for. So for you and I, dad lamenting the loss of wife with maybe the hopes that she's just missing or someone has stolen her works fantastically well. And mm -hmm. dad has brought sister and brother back and he's trying desperately to reassemble his own ten rings army that's domestic instead of terroristic. Yeah. Right? yeah See how I did that? Yeah. Domestic we'll, terror.
1: We'll, we'll come back to that.
0: Yeah. So yeah, I loved it. Good stuff here. You, you know, and what I really liked
1: about it too is how everything was kind of we we learned about Shang Chi learning the gift of martial arts from dad in a very authoritarian mm-hmm. Type of way. Really? It was very kill Bill, kill Bill. <laughs> hitting the thing like this little boy. He's like eight.
0: Punching this and piece his, of wood. His
1: knuckles are bloody, working him to a grind until he grows up and he's going to become an assassin to do the job of killing moms. We're going to find out a uh, killer. Yep. That's the right bestowed to you. So we see how stoic dad's gotten in those scenes. And then it's these scenes that are shown that kind of soften up a bit when we see he met wife in their nice little crouching tiger dance. He put the rings in the chest, and they lived the family life for about six or seven years. They're having, like, family movie night. They're having dinner. They're doing excursions. They're living it until this moment, and we just don't know what happened yet. Right. But it's that moment that, like, sent him on this path of vengeance and craziness. Like, I'm on board. Like, I I really dug all of this. I was I thought this was so refreshing, I think is the word I like to use.
0: Okay. Yeah, no argument. Keep going. I I can't say it better. Keep going. No, no, no. I'm just going to slip the rug.
1: (laughs) Okay, it's time. Uh what did you think? Mm-hmm. So we we do get the, the Mandarin bit because I had mentioned I was like we can get the real Mandarin in this film and we do kind of find out that the Ten Rings was used as a as a ploy for Iron Man Three, one of our dark Marvel days was used uh not in the, the right way. Which I wanna know now is is the iron the ten rings in the first Iron Man what is that an offshoot of? Are they using that same moniker or, or any of those guys? Part of that. They never tell us that in, in, in this thing. But enter Trevor Slattery, Mr. Ben Kingsley again. This is a character that spurned us so bad the last time. Here this time. Okay. We already we had the rug slipped out from under us already. We already know what this character's deal is. Him showing up here. What do you think of that? It, other than this, I thought, was a tad distracting compared to Wong and Abomination. But did you like that they were trying to just tie up that that Mandarin, faux Mandarin, and then use him to something? Or was it just, just over-the-top distraction for you? Okay,
0: a lot of questions there. As Shang-Chi is incarcerated because- Also, did your, your- audience laugh when he showed up? Mm, no we were pretty quiet okay (laughs) did you have a full theater last night
1: uh there's about i went early in the day there was about 20 people
0: yeah that's about what we did too i didn't it wasn't packed um
1: okay so my theater ate this when he showed up they were just like oh Trevor and i'm like fuck iron man three man
0: (laughs) exactly that's (laughs) how i was oh yeah shang chi's dad has incarcerated him and his daughter because essentially they won't play ball with what dad's plan is Okay, so while they are in the catacombs of this prison, they wind up in one of the cells where Trevor Slattery is. And the minute Ben Kingsley showed up, all of my hopes for legitimizing a really important character in the evil hierarchy of martial arts there's two. It's literally Mordo, if you want to go there,
2: Mm
0: -hmm. and the Mandarin. We're derailed again. Yeah. Now we are going to fix the Mandarin issue in one sil in like a a two sentence, like bit of uh, exposition later. He showed up and then if that wasn't bad enough, he's now straight and he's taken a pet. (laughs) Now the pet isn't a dog. A pet Tribble. It's literally a tribal with feathers and wings and no face. And I thought to myself, <laughs> there's only so far you can go with mysticism before you take this, yeah. ready? I talked about reheated yeah. and turn this into Raya and the Last Dragon. Yeah. And that's what the rest of this film is. Yeah. It's bad enough that Aquafina played the dragon in that and she's got such a role in this. But now that you've reintroduced Ben Kingsley, who next to Ben Riley and Peter Parker in the Clone Saga, <clears throat> is the second biggest miss in the entire pantheon of anything Marvel. You double down on it? Yeah. Okay, so I thought this. All right, Matt, breathe. I looked over at my wife and I went, you got to fucking be kidding me. And I said, breathe. They're going to play this out to some level of importance. And here's the truth. They don't. Yeah,
1: yeah. That's why it's distracting to me. It's just, wildly distracting. Because even in the final battle, he just—I don't think he does anything other than
0: play dead, <laughs> lays there with his little pet dog. Yeah, yeah.
1: So he's, I guess, gets them to the place they need to be, and the the tribble is able to guide them through the the trees and whatnot. But yeah, I thought they were gonna like do. I was like, okay, he's showing up again, and I had the same kind of conversation with you. I was like, okay, I need to put that to bed. That travesty of what mm-hmm. that experience was. Maybe they're going to try and right the wrongs of this character and try and do something interesting with him. And maybe he's a sacrificial goat. I don't know. Uh, No, they don't do that with him. He ends up just being like the punchline of everything. So then I had a real deep conversation with myself with the screenwriters of this thing. And I was like, so you have your director who has a story credit and a screenplay credit. And then you have these two other guys in there, too. Are these Feige's lackeys that are like shoving this shit in there to like tie it back to another film that you remember and you had a slight chuckle at? Because then it's going to come back to the to the end of the film, too, when we're just blowed the shit out of everything again. And is this just a Feige mandate that he just like has like you must have like it be as like big as possible at the end, regardless of the skill sets of the hero? And we'll just catch that up along the way.
0: Well, it's a good thing they don't have another battle in the sky. Oh, no, yeah. No, because they do have a battle in the sky. Yeah, with Desustroya, <laughs> <sighs> Who's actually Fin Fang Foom, and we'll get to that in just a minute. Was it too. Fin
1: Fang Foom? Was his dragon Fin Fang Foom?
0: No. we'll get. I did a lot of research on this. We'll get to it in a minute. Let's, let, let me tackle one more thing about Kingsley first. But we got a few more things first.
1: But don't you think it's maybe a screenplay problem? Oh, like, for sure. There's too many people putting their ideas into a pot.
0: I'm going to add to all of the screenwriting issues in the pot that you have. And then Disney, the furry animal that doesn't have a face, that's just a cute chameleon, Pascal and Rapunzel. It's a porg. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Thank you. Yeah, exactly. Jesse. Perfect that yeah, I
1: don't know why they do that all the
0: time because that thing is so strange looking and created for the sole purpose you of can, selling that plushie on oh, the shelves gonna, of target.
1: Just going to say, you could probably go buy that at the store. Right. 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 <laughs> <And> <laughs> sleep with it tonight if you desire.
0: And maybe it has a little button that you can push where it like, hums or purrs or whatever that thing does. <laughs> <laughs> right. So and it
1: doesn't even have eyeballs, people. It's hair
0: because it's so weird looking. You said distracting. If Kingsley wasn't distracting enough, this animal that we've never seen before that has no purpose in this film, I hated the Flurkin earlier. What's that? That's the thing that scratched Nick Fury and cost him his eye in Captain Marvel.
1: <laughs> so I forgot the about,
0: cat. I forgot about that. This is the Flurkin's illegitimate stepchild that is birthed or conceived with idiocy. Yeah that's really distracting because you're so busy trying to figure out like, well, how does that thing know where it's going? And does it have a face? And they actually have a brief conversation about it. We are so far off the rails of what this is, which is 10 rings and the battle in our minds for mysticism versus capable street level fighter.
1: I think I know what's happened. I think I figured it out. I think, oh, yeah. I think Destin, Daniel Cretton, I think when they say that you're going to say, desu destroy again? Okay. The thing looked like desu destroy at the end of the film. Yeah. Um, I think when these – hey, we're making a Shang-Chi film. I'm going to take some pitches. I think this guy came in, and he probably gave a pretty good pitch on this character. Sh- martial arts guy. I want to do this. This could be kind of like a fun little angle. We will cast some Asian actors in there. And then I think Feige's like, oh, we, we're going to do all that. We're going to do all that.
0: And then you, get Peel in here and do the Gremlins 2-bit. I need you I need you. Have to you put, ever seen that? Yeah, that's so good. <laughs> okay, go ahead, sorry.
1: I need you to put Trevor Slattery in this film <laughs> – and we need to have a, a, a fight in the sky at the end. If you find a way to put that in, we'll make your film. Oh. At that point, you just wrecked it with two things that just don't go together with Shang-Chi. Mm-hmm. That's where I'm at. I think there's just so many cooks in the kitchen where all these ideas, they end up there. And they you're just like, not one piece fits like the rest. Why is Slattery Slattery in a Shang-Chi film?
0: Okay, so... To make that even more maddening, we are eventually going to find out that Shang-Chi's father has had the mantle of Mandarin at some point, so we actually do have the Mandarin in this film. He has been the Mandarin. Mm -hmm. You have Trevor Slattery, fake Mandarin, to just mess all of us up, who probably should have been blipped out and never came back. (laughs) You know what I mean? He's got to be old. So there was an easy way just to avoid this entirely, and then to weave it back in When you have another present Mandarin, I'd like to believe, because Feige's pretty good at the interconnectivity on larger overriding themes, but that Slattery character is so irrelevant.
1: It's irrelevant here.
0: It was irrelevant there too. (laughs) I'd like to make the case that there's relevance coming, but there isn't because we've already had the Mandarin. So he can't become the Mandarin...
1: I don't expect him to become the Mandarin. He's just a punchline.
0: Right? He's not capable. So, man, him and his little not-seeing dog are so poorly conceived in this film. Huge, huge mistake. (laughs) Meanwhile, we're not getting anything on watching Shang-Chi become a better version of Shang-Chi. We're dicking around with slattery. Yeah, this was the part that I
1: thought they would kind of sidestep the main character of the film,
0: uh, For about forty-five minutes. Yeah,
1: Ta Lo. Let's get there. This uh, vi- this village that is very. I thought it was like Hollow Earth. There's, or
0: Kung Lun, or any of the other mystic vi- these magical mystic villages that the kung fu world insists on reintroducing to ourselves. Why do we keep getting that? I don't. Did you watch the Iron Fist shit? The show? Yes. Yeah. I, wh- I'm exasperated with this special place, Hollow Earth, like you're saying. I don't know why
1: they don't think we'd be interested with, like, a simple finale with, like, Sunfighting Dad in, like, a
0: opium. Awesome dojo. In an opium field. Okay, sure. <laughs> right. Let's go with that.
1: Need I bring up? I did this when we did Black Widow because they're fighting in a sky prison. Mm-hmm. Fight, they're fighting in Bespin. <laughs> and I was like, need I bring up just two fairies from dark? Two boats, people. Jesus mm-hmm. Christ. Right. Sim- simple so simple like mm-hmm. when uh, and the creatures were th- cute and fine and whatever and I liked that they brought an army in because I was like ah they could be useful later down the line when there's an intergalactic threat but um and I liked them honing their craft I liked those sequences I thought that was okay and them suiting up but then when the ten rings show up they they I guess just barrel their jeeps through the forest and just show up right.
0: Know? The defense mechanism that has kept Talo safe for generations, thousands upon thousands of years, the is la- easily navigated by some Humvees.
1: The last 30 minutes of this thing was pretty insane. Uh, yeah. I liked him and dad fighting. I thought there was some emotional weight there. I thought there was some stakes. And I was like, dad ain't going to hurt his son with these things. And he, then he did. And I was like, whoa. Like, the, the dad, when he bunched him and then he went into the lake. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh uh-huh. What's dad, how far is dad willing to go to get his wife back from the precipice of this cavern? Is he going to kill his son? I honestly thought, I was like, he might, he might just go right through him. And that would have been interesting. Of course, they'll find a way to resurrect him. He has to kill this guy in his first film. But I like that they were willing to go that with the character. It was all the other flying bullshit craziness taking place that was ruining that moment for me.
0: Maybe Feige is so caught up in what he's done that he can't see forward because now what this is turning into from the furry not-seeing dog to the scenario you just set out is a Guardians film. Mm -hmm. This is Guardians 2. This is Ego.
1: It didn't need to be Guardians 2.
0: Guardians 2 has talking raccoons. It has the strange alien mantis looking things. It has voyages to other planets where we see wild looking creatures that are from the cantina. This is a place on earth. I want to remind everybody we're not intergalactic. We are in the middle of Alabama.
1: Well, what's crazy about this too, now that I'm, I'm kind of thinking back to black widow as well, it's like these films have almost become like James Bond where they become these globe trekking odysseys where yep. black widow is in the sky, the gulag, eastern europe florida <laughs> sarasota florida and here we're in san francisco we're in china we're in hollow earth like why are we going to so many this whole film could have just been in san francisco and i've been okay with it yeah right
0: <laughs> if you want to go a little bit mystic with the kung fu thing then go to shangri-la yeah there's places where you can do this but this talo and whether it's talo or Kung Lun, and if you all don't know what that is, that's the version of this that is is the exact same version in Iron Fist that has the exact same tropes. Shambhala, there's all these different mystical places. There was... Right. There was a space for this in the landscape of settings in Marvel. Mm-hmm. And not only is it going to overstep its boundaries into Thor and Guardians... But it has now overstepped its boundaries into their animated properties. And I'm talking about Onward and I'm talking about <laughs> Raya the Last Dragon. Yeah. And so by this time, the idea that I was hoping could come to fruition, street level, awesome Kung Fu guy. Yeah. Is so far gone. Yeah. That when we get to the final showdown in Talo, which is the same beat sequence, Jesse, as Wakanda in the first Black Panther. To the point I'm where I'm telling
1: you, there's a formula. Oh, and they stick to it. To yeah. the point
0: that it's poisoned yeah. most of what they're doing. Yeah. And they had it. Ch- and you know what? And what's okay, to this this idea of this formula. This didn't have to be formulated because we haven't seen Kung Fu yet. It could have been something entirely fresh and new. And we have to throw Ben Kingsley in there and then Ryan the Last Dragon. And Ragnarok and all of the aforementioned tropes we've already come familiar with.
1: It almost seems
0: like, uh, you know, they've done so much goodwill so far
1: that they could have made just a Shang-Chi film and just make it how they want to make it. I'm just like how you're pitching it. Street level, fighting, assassins, missions, this and (sighs) that. And they could have gotten away with it and it probably would have made like $100 million. Like, you know what I mean? Like they have such a good word of mouth right now. For them to keep doing the same thing and to us be talking about the same issues at the end of these movies is just insane to me. Mix it up a bit. Otherwise, we are going to get tired.
0: Okay, I'm going to tell you something right now. And you can tell me to go to hell if you want. I know you won't. You okay. can tell me I'm full of it. <laughs> okay. At this point yeah. in what we've seen in Marvel 2.0, which is everything post Endgame, game. So Black Widow. All TV properties. The two TV, three TV shows. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's pretty hard to say that much of this is better than tolerable. And I would argue WandaVision, I think was a little bit better for me than it was you, but that's been the best so far. We are not off to a good foot on this. I'll tell you Marvel that, 2.0. Oh no, absolutely. Is that fair? Oh, You're not well, going to tell not, me to go to hell? No, no. You're not going to tell me to go to Kung Lun? No,
1: I'll go to Kung Lun with you. We'll Let's have, go to Tala. We'll, we can find our dragons. We'll have some bourbon.
0: Ooh.
1: Uh, I like that. I know the Fox uh, uh, X-Men stuff kind of gets a bad rap sometimes. This is so much, that is so much better than this. <gasps> For sure. Not even close. Not even actually. close. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know how they've strayed so far f- uh, from from this because I was actually, I, I was excited to see this because I was, it's a character. I'm very, I told you before we started, I was like, I've read Shang-Chi episode one where his dad's Fu Manchu. Yeah. Yeah. It's the only only Asian thing that Marvel knew back then was Fu Manchu. <laughs> and it's actually fairly it's like a it's like a story about his dad and like trying to so they took I guess a little bit of that into into some of this and I liked what they were doing with it. I liked the character, I liked the casting, I liked how the execution and then act three. I'm just like this same boat, different dock. I mean it's like we're in the same ending that we've been in for the last five films. This is Mysterio with his drones in London, just raining down from the
0: sky. This is the Chitari and the First Avengers coming through the wormhole yeah. with these just disposable monsters. Yeah, let's get let, let's tell well, them what it is. Let's. There's two
1: drag a, a dragon and a another dragon, crustacean dragon.
0: <laughs> okay, so um, the Ten Rings show up at Talo, and the final penultimate showdown is about to happen with the people of Talo trying to defend what's left of their city from. Ten rings wielding Shang-Chi's father, Winwo or whatever the hell his name was, to rescue mother? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Okay, so there's she's a convinced
1: few- she's alive and she's speaking from this cavernous thing on the cliff.
0: Here's where things get nutty. Yeah.
1: Dad- Can I ask you something real quick? Yes. Did you like when him and son were fighting? Did that still seem grounded in like their conflict?
0: That's the end of the film. Yeah, that's where that that should have been it because mm-hmm. this movie's also thirty minutes too long. Yeah, that's also, the end of the film. Sure, I,
1: I loved it. I also kind of liked when Dad lost five of the rings and Shang Chi had five. I was like, "Ooh, now we got even." Playing ground here.
0: That's the battle that I wanted. Yeah. Is how is Shang Chi going to out ten rings capable his father and become the wielder? Mm-hmm. Instead, and this is weird to me. So yeah. I've got a couple things here. Okay, as you said, Dad gets the superior position on Shang and blasts him into the water. And essentially Shang-Chi is descending in the water to his death. Dad then continues forward while the two armies are fighting each other on the battlefield to what essentially looks like a scale mystical scab and decides that he's going to take down the scale mystical scab dam because behind there is where mother is. So he uses the power of the 10 rings to bring down this scabby apparatus and in so doing releases these demon bat bullshit made up whatever the hell these were soul-sucking things.
1: Yeah. Gremlins. <laughs>
0: yeah, right. Okay, yeah. that's even, back yeah. to Gremlins. How yeah. about that? What's behind that is the Great Protector. Now, where this is where things get really crazy. <laughs> the Great Protector is actually, and I don't care what anybody says online, they're all wrong. I'm right on this. It's Fin Fang Foom. They changed the name of Fin Fang Foom, who is a dragon from another world that showed up to attack the people of Earth because there was too much peace on his dragon planet. If that sounds ridiculous, you're right. It's completely ridiculous and why Fin Fang Foom is a joke in the Marvel Universe.
1: See, I thought the one that rescued him from the depths of the lake. I thought that one was Fin Fang Foom, and I couldn't remember. I was like, did he have legs or not or whatnot? They both look like Foom.
0: The reason that the one from behind the scab is Fin Fang Foom is Fin Fang Foom in Marvel proper canon is the one who brings the Ten Rings to Earth. Yeah, Fin Fang Foom, the dragon, gives people... The Ten Rings. Now, if you want to this go, this is
1: why I read Spider-Man and Daredevil comics.
0: Jesse, I don't, I don't honestly, I don't read Fin Fang Foom either. No, I had to do a little bit of research this on this. Is, yeah, this is
1: bullshit. This is how insane Marvel gets sometimes. I just
0: want like a guy robbing a bank. <laughs> well, I mean, birthed in the '60s, it's either psychedelic Nick Fury or Fin Fang Foom. Because this
1: is like an Iron Man villain,
0: right? Yeah, yeah. So they've managed to screw up that one and the Mandarin in two films. Okay, Fin Fang Foom is too offensive. As a name, and also too entirely stupid for a name of a dragon to be used. So they made the decision behind closed doors to change it from the offensive Fin Fang Fu moniker to the Great Protector. And now we get this. The street-level fighter that you and I wanted, that almost had the street-level fight with Dad. He's
1: writing his dragon like the never-ending story, fighting this dragon.
0: (laughs) With Aquafina in tow, who was the voice of Raya...
1: It was his sister. Aquafina was... Oh, one. yeah. She's um,
0: shooting... Okay, she's shooting the arrows. You're right. My bad. Yeah. Oh, So it, it changes it, it a little no, bit. No, it doesn't
1: include how ridiculous this
0: is. is the voice of the last dragon in Raya and the last dragon. Yeah. They are reheating that film that nobody saw because it was terrible in the middle of COVID and no one wanted to go. Yeah. I guess they figured, let's cross-promotionally, subconsciously get people to want to go see Raya again because that didn't make enough money. And we'll have a cute fuzzy animal in this Shang-Chi that maybe we can cross promotionally promote in Raya and the Last Dragon. And you get a guy who is capable of fighting on the ground, riding a dragon, like you said, fighting the Gamorak or the whatever the hell it was in the never ending story. Yeah. Okay, so that's 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 not even my biggest problem. Here's my biggest problem. Oh,
1: okay, I'm waiting for it.
0: With the exception of the pendants, that are put into the eyes of that lion, yeah. And the water map. <laughs> oh my god, this sounds so bad. I the li- water map. I, like, the- I
1: liked all that.
0: Yeah. Okay, it's cool looking. Yeah. When did the role of water become so prominent in this film? Because Shang Chi is rebirthed in it and empowered with the great flowing essence of what? When in the holy world did we get water as the Guiding elemental fire in, trope in this film. In that moment, or that you're talking about, what right are that. we fucking doing? Sorry, I shouldn't say. What are we doing? Water. The water dragon takes down the soul sucking fin Fang Foom through the use of water. Let me tell you what. A kind of
1: didn't make this scene palatable, but like it, there was they they peppered some things that intrigued me in, in here because we do get the scene now finally of what happened to mom. Yeah, and she was just ambushed by one of dad's bad deals and he's out what's he doing he's like hunting or fishing that day yeah. well it's water so he's fishing yeah and mom has to do battle with this like syndicate right and they just kill her i thought that was kind of intense and they just leave her for dead there and there's little shang chi over his mom's sister's crying on the stoop mm-hmm. and dad comes in and was like what have you done mm-hmm. and i didn't train you good enough to help your mother mm-hmm. so the guilt of that of what shang has to live is so intriguing to me
0: it's right they look at you what you're saying yeah, that's no, all
1: good stuff that's all good yeah and then what about that scene too so he's like you're gonna learn with me today son so he goes to like their den yeah their racket den and he just makes ways with them and like son has to like watch his dad murder like
0: 15 people, like that was kind of insane, too. He'd, it wasn't. I almost thought that Din is what his sister turned into the fight ring later in the oh, film. Oh, okay. That's it interesting. looks very similar. Okay. I don't, I don't have proof. Yes, right. All good stuff. Vengeance. This is about vengeance.
1: And then the lie that he told also, this is making Shang an interesting character. But then keep in mind, while this is happening, there's dragons flying around. Ugh. He tells Katie, he was like, I lied to you. He's like, that mission that I told you, like, I was like, I just abandoned. I saw it through to the end and I couldn't become like what my dad made me into. So like you literally have like the son revolting against like the ways of the father mm-hmm. because of how evil he's become, how twisted he's become in his brain because he thinks the wife is still alive. Like that's all amazing. I, yeah. I, I love all of that. Yeah. Enter flying Desustroya and dragons. And I couldn't even, there were scenes and maybe I was sitting pretty close to the screen I couldn't even like focus on what was going on. It was all happening so fast. It was kind of dark too. It's kind of a darkly lit dusk, like sundown sequence. Yeah, I can't tell one thing from the next. I can't tell this all these man hours that have gone into rendering something in a computer. I can't tell anything there's I'm telling you, there's a subtle simplicity to uh, Christopher Reeve Superman against a green screen catching a nuclear missile, you know what I mean? I can at least focus on that. Like mm-hmm. here is this this is this is crazy. And the whole
0: time I was like, I can't believe they're doing this again. As two dragons are tumbling through the air fighting each other, there's not a chance in hell that you can tell what's a mouth and a tail and whose leg and who's biting and who's chomping and who's sucking the soul out of the you can't it's just this tumbling mass of color. Very Transformers like. Not in a good way.
1: Good example.
0: Okay, so I spoke about this earlier and I want to revisit it for just a moment. All right, go ahead. There is a mystical element that in my mind fits in martial arts films. Yeah. And it is the elevated self through the mastery over technique. And whether that's you move so fast they can't see you or you... like. It's that whole Buddhist principle on the way to the Buddha. If you meet the Buddha, you kill the Buddha. And that's how you continue to elevate yourself. That is natural. And I buy that. When you become. Do you think Star Wars has done that better? With like the force and. Yes. Becoming
1: one with the force. I do. Yeah.
0: I actually thought that in the film too, that this is very Star Wars like when it was dad versus son, because it had ties to Vader and Luke.
1: Well, I even thought. I thought Kylo
0: Ren as well. You know what I mean? Like all his issues. Sure. Yeah. So I buy that. Mm -hmm. What I don't buy is this tallow place is protected with the mysticism imbued to them from water dragons. So again, I'm back to this. The water should matter, but it hasn't. And it hasn't played in this film. Signs does a better job with water than this (laughs) film does. So as this snake like dragon is being championed and ridden as a chariot by Shang-Chi and his sister, Fin Fang Foom, the great protector, gets the upper hand and begins sucking the soul out of the good dragon. Mm -hmm. I don't even know if that dragon even has a name. Talos dragon. The one Jesse thought was (laughs) Foom. For about 20 minutes. Yeah. How much soul does that dragon have oh, now? Wow. Yeah, well, a big soul. Finally, Katie Aquafina is going to make her presence worthwhile in this film, and she fires a great shot into the air and hits Fin Fang Foom in the neck, which severs the connection between Fin Fang Foom's mouth. L- guys, this isn't a kung fu movie. Just listen to what I'm saying in the context of a kung fu film. It severs the connection from the mouth of Fin Fang Foom to the soul of the water dragon of Talo, which allows the water dragon of Talo to escape and instantly having 20 men of its soul sucked from it full powered and then stirs up a typhoon like tsunami that engulfs Fin Fang Foom and essentially smashes and drowns him, but not before Shang-Chi jumps off of Talo Dragon's back and takes his 10 rings, which now have given him the ability to fly, and circles Fin Fang Foom's heart (laughs) with the 10 rings to rip it out. And then Fin Fang Foom is finally subdued. At this point, it's not a Shang-Chi film. It's Game of Thrones meets Raya, meets a bunch of other stolen properties in what has turned into... A colossal disaster, intergalactically, colossally absurd.
1: This place, too. I don't even know if we're ever gonna see this place again. I hope not. Yeah, it's, it seems like if this was something they wanted to build up to, like build up to it. You know, I don't do it in the first movie or first team up or whatever. Uh,
0: where did the pe- where did the army of Talo? Yeah, get mystically charged staffs. They're, they're they're fighting the Ten Rings army, they're including far, Razor Fist.
1: farming the earth. It's, I guess it's an <laughs> element just in the earth, yeah.
0: If they hadn't already burned up the Infinity Stones, you might argue in the way that Wakanda used the purple Infinity Stone to empower the weapons of Wakanda, mm-hmm. that they could use the same premise here, and why not? Because, I mean, it's not out of the realm for them to steal from themselves, and it's their property, so I guess they have that right. Oh, no, but no, no I- you just have... Staffs with glowing pink ends that are really powerful and good at killing the space demons from the mystical scab to which held back Fin Fang Foom. What in the hell is going on? Oh, Wait, one I, more thing. One more thing. I, I must I'll give it to you. Yeah. While all this is going on, Trevor Slattery's dead. Oh, no. The fake Mandarin's dead. He's playing dead. His little dog walks up and nudges him. And then then he wakes up and said, I'm just playing dead, so they won't attack us. You play play, dead, too. You play dead, too. And the dog rolls over in a cutesy one-off moment. And we laugh. Yeah. Oh, my God. Someone set me on fire.
1: I know in the, the grand scheme of things, like... I think there's, there's some good stuff in here with dad and the son and yes. the whole familial element. And then they blow it out of the sky. This, this was something that at least, I just got to be honest with you. Yeah, go. I thought this was better than black widow and black widow. I thought was just such another miss of trying to kind of fix that character hmm. that, you know, those familial things got muddled and how preposterous everything was from the rescue to this. This at least gave me some interesting kind of like character stuff. And then they just blew it out of the sky again. So I think I had a better time with this one compared to the last one. But I'm with you. I mean, I like. I don't know why they keep they keep doing this, but they save the day as you do. They only lose once, and that was Infinity War. <laughs> <You're right. laughs> they only lose that one time, and then we kind of wrap up, and they go back to San Francisco, and they finally get, they get to tell that couple that was was going on waxing on poetically about her great job and whatnot, and they're telling them how they saved the world and the universe. And then Wong shows up.
0: Aha. Yeah. So Wong shows up here and he says, here's the moment that I felt was sort of derailed by seeing him earlier. Cause this is what I told you was coming. Keep going. Yes.
1: I think this maybe made that moment a little bit better for me. That okay. I kind of saw him and then I was like, Oh, he's in this. i so like, that's cool. Okay. He shows up and he's like, which one of you is Shang-Chi? And he's like, that's me. He's like, do you have the rings with you? And he's like, you got to come with me. And I'm like, Oh shit. Like, yep. like something's There's a blip (laughs) something happened when you use those rings or your appearance here in the public is now on blast with the mastic of the master of the mystic arts. Mm -hmm. And so then we go with him and then we, we cut to credits. But if you've seen your Marvel films, you know, you have to stay not once, but twice. (laughs) And then we get the mid credit scene. And I thought this was interesting too. I mean, you and I kind of want some sort of a barometer on where things are going where they're heading. I know strange is going to be a huge part of that. I know the multiverse is going to play a a portion of that as well. And here we now they're investigating the, the rings and banners. there trying to give his earthly kind of science explanation. Carol Danvers is there with trying to figure out if it's cosmic, but that the rings have set off some sort of a beacon or a signal. Now to you, what is that? And what
0: could that be? Well, let me throw it back to you. What's another term for beacon or signal? Like an air raid? Um, maybe the term Harold. Oh. When we talk about Harold, who comes to mind? Mephisto? Or Mr. Norenrad. Mm. And then where are we going with that? Yeah. Galactus. Yeah. So when that beacon line was uttered and you get the rings and some Kong mystic map, like heartbeat pulse, like alarm. Boom, 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 boom. Understand these rings have been around for thousands of years because Shang-Chi's father had them for 1000 years, if not longer. And they were put on earth by some entity that we don't know. As maybe a beacon or a herald the Herald as per title in Marvel Universe is the Silver Surfer Norrin Rad. Mm-hmm. And he is coming to scout the area for none other than yeah. Galactus. Well, I don't think
1: you're I think that's a that's a wild guess. Because I don't think you can introduce them without introducing the Fantastic Four yet. And they're they're a ways away. They're coming though. But uh I think this because what that looked like to me was like those blips in the timeline that we got in Loki, I think this is maybe more indicative of Kang than uh, Galactus. I, I hope think you're right. I think it's more of a present threat of something that you know is can be tied to one of these one of these characters that we're establishing.
0: I hope you are right.
1: But I liked the tease. Yeah. You know what I mean? It yeah, was, sure. It was a, it made me think. It was a it was a tease of, and that's why I liked it because I was like, I wonder what Matt's. Uh, prediction of where, what could this be? What could this be alluding to? I also thought, is this a blip? Is this like the mutants? Uh, is there a mutant tie to that? Like, it could be. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But there was a second end credit scene as well with uh, the sister Yingling uh, taking up arm- armament with the new Ten Rings army. And then there was a title card that said the Ten Rings will return. So we will see them show up again. I thought it was weird. They didn't say Shang-Chi will return. They'll say the Ten Rings will return. Like... Yeah. We want to see Shang-Chi, not the not the, the, the rings again. But we got our teases there. Anything else you want to say uh, about Shang-Chi? Any of the scenes we missed or anything in there? We covered it pretty good.
0: I think I'm good. Okay.
1: What was your favorite tasting note of Shang-Chi in the Legend of the Ten Rings?
0: Uh, I, I did like, per the choreography, the scaffolding and bus bit. Um, I thought that was really entertaining um so i appreciate that and i know how much work goes into making that look real and still play with gravity and physics and all of those things that i bitch about all the time so i don't one of those two they're both really good yeah i'll pick the bus one okay i'll to, take the scaffold to, to the
1: point where i'll say it's but maybe i think one of the better action sequences marvel's done in like the last like 10 films okay i'm with you then. yeah, yeah, yeah so good. oh goodness what are we gonna pick but what's the <gasps> Are you going Fin Fang Destroyer or are you going Trevor Slattery?
0: (laughs) No, I'm going Fin Fang Foom versus the other Talo dragon tumbling in the air, fighting each other in the most absurd story premise that maybe Marvel has introduced in 2.0 yet, and everyone knows that I absolutely hated the Falcon and the Winter Soldier was so bad for me. Really the flag smash shirts. <laughs> I'll take the flag smash no. over that. At least I no buy them. Way, At least man. I buy no. those are people just that, running around. That just sucked. <laughs> oh yeah? No, it sucked, you're right. It was terrible. This was worse for me.
1: Um Yeah, I think that, that that's probably that whole just end sequences for me cuz to that point I was like, well they've kind of short shift Shang-Chi in his own film. Uh and mm-hmm. now here we're doing the same ending that we've done in the last 10 of these films. Yep. Why are we doing that? Uh, so that, that that left me a little bit disappointed. Who's the master distiller on Shang Chi?
0: I was really hard on her, and I said last week that I hoped Aquafina wouldn't come along and steal the film. And frankly, she didn't. And I thought she was a very capable and likable sidekick. And one of the things that one of the few things that worked in this film for me is that the two of them were friends, and even though. The male female relationship was acknowledged. They kept it just as two friends and I found that to be quite refreshing. Yeah, he
1: didn't have a love interest in this.
0: And I'm fine with oh, that. Oh wow. Yeah. So I'm gonna give it to Aquafina if you can yeah, believe it. You're ready, you were of in guns blazing. Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. I didn't think she was as distracting as as, as she could have Trevor Slattery was way more distracting. Him and his little tribble yeah. were way more like off putting than anything she did. Yeah. Um Speaking of which, when I was watching the film, I was like, Marvel kind of has this thing for like the quirky, like, friend.
0: Yeah, the chick from uh, what's her name, Kat Dennings, right? Kat Dennings, yeah.
1: Michael Peña. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh yeah,
0: John Favreau. Like, there's
1: like the quirky sidekick that's meant to like Ned. Yeah, Ned. Ned leads. <laughs> They all have that kind of thing. I thought that was interesting. And when I thought about it, I, was, I rattled off like four right away. And I was like, it's definitely something that they do. The, the like the side friend that gets drawn up into the whole conflict that's like comic relief. But then they end up helping mm-hmm. somewhat in the end. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. I'm going to give it to Simu Lu. I've never seen him in any other film before. I'm sure he has a martial arts career. Yeah, uh, But if this is his kind of like emergence to be in this film. And I, I really hope I maybe with less interference and just a more focused story, they could like really do this character good. But I really hope this character plays into the plans going forward because I was intrigued. I wanted to, I wanted more of it when we were getting it and less of what it became. Good. Well said. are you going to rate and grade Shang-Chi in the legend of the 10 rings. We have rock gut. Well call single barrel and top shelf.
0: Rot gut plus. I hated it. Okay. Um, several times in the film, I just found myself leaning back in the chair, sighing, just exasperated. And about the time that that went away was the, about the time they did enough with family to hook me back in a little bit. Yeah. And then inevitably derailed that once again. Is
1: it just too over the top? Like these super... because? No, it's it's good, good for your rating me, but i'm I'm thinking about you, and I was like, you haven't been really high on like a superhero like property in like a while. Like what it's are been they? While, yeah. What are they doing now that's they're just doing too much? They're just they, I, I
0: know the answer. They're, they're taking a simple idea and just overdoing it. That's the first thing. Yeah. And then for someone who read Marvel their whole lives and is pretty familiar with you are too, mm-hmm. but pretty familiar with the landscape. Shang-Chi offered an opportunity to really get to know a new character that could have been done cool. And they've done that before oh, Ant-Man comes to mind. Mm-hmm. Did a great job with Ant-Man. Now, that's written by a genius. Yeah. So that helps. Even though it's not entirely his version, it's still his fingerprint. Edgar right? Yeah. Right. Edgar right? yes. Instead of doing that and making me care about Shang-Chi, Which they have the capability of doing. They've done it a few times. And they kind of did it
1: in the film, a little bit.
0: Here and there, like I said, the first act. Mm -hmm. Okay, so maybe Rock Gut Plus is maybe too hard. Maybe this is Call Minus. I'm sorry, Well Minus. Mm -hmm. So somewhere between those two. And it's not, there are things that Marvel has done that I've hated more than this. Not much, but there's one thing Mm -hmm. in this 2.0. They made me care less about the character And if nothing else, I wanted to say one thing. The title of this film is Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. We didn't get much at all on the Legend of the Ten Rings, post credit scene excluded. And we did very little to make Shang-Chi interesting because they did nothing with the power of water and his use of water, which is really Namer's world anyway. And while I should have been hey, is, learning, is a, he the blip? Well, he's supposedly coming in in the next Black Black Panther film. It's a
1: perfect time to set up his blip. Then, yeah, you're right. I didn't even think of him.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, uh, Fin Fang Foom and Shang Chi are non-starters for me any day of the week, and they didn't do anything to make them any more starters now. And I'm just now, I'm even less willing to go with. It. And he seems to be a staple going forward. Who? Shang Chi and oh, the yeah. next Avengers.
1: Well, I would hope they wouldn't just give him a film and then just write it off. Obviously,
0: yeah. Yeah. So I don't know if that answered your question and maybe that was wordy, but that's why I'm out. He's he's salvageable. You're not out. You're going to see the next movie. I'm out on this film. Yeah. And he's not an entirely lost cause. I do think there's enough there where they can probably reconstruct this and make that character something that I give a rip about, but I don't give a rip about him right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so there you go. Yeah,
1: it's just Call for me. It's just another Marvel. Call squad. all
0: the way to Call. Yeah, because wow. I,
1: I I really did like what I appreciated, especially spending a year with Black Widow and all that bullshit, the Justice League and the Snyderverse and all that crazy shit, the Suicide Squad and all their squabbling Amanda Waller, Enchantress, uh, Starro bullshit. <laughs> I super appreciated a villain through line that was, I'm just mad that my wife is gone. Great. And we that's built the whole film around that. And I loved those elements of that. And that was enough to kind of keep me engaged in the fight sequences. I liked that, like the same first act that you did. And it was only at the end when I was like, God, again, like we're doing that again, this craziness again, uh, that it really kind of upended it all of it. But at the end, you know, like I laughed, I thought I was, I was entertained, but it's just, it's just Kali, you know, it's just another, it's just another film that's, nondescript from the other 10 that they've made of the last 10 infinity war and Endgame kind of outliers in that. But, uh, yeah, it's just, eh, it's just, now let me ask you, they showed a trailer before it. I knew they were mm-hmm, the Eternals for the eternals. Yeah. What do you think of that? Are we getting a sky beam in that at the end of that? I swear to God, if we get another sky finale with them and they, they seem more prone to get that than Shang-Chi was, mm-hmm. uh, How could they? You know what I mean? Like, there's your opportunity to maybe do something different with people that no one knows about. Right.
0: (laughs) Right. No. this The Eternals are untapped and a team concept that's untapped. Now, you're going to probably get the emergence of the Black Knight. And now we're starting to play with the Greek mythology piece of Marvel, which can be messy. But... If everything that I liked about Ant-Man was, here's a character that's kind of lame and they made it pretty cool, actually works with characters that I know less about than maybe anything in the Marvel Universe, the Eternals, Mm -hmm. maybe we have something here. But that's a perfect lead-in to the Nightcap, right? Yeah, let's get right
1: to it. That's the other thing, too. You know what what a big music guy I am. And I can whistle you the Superman theme. I can whistle you Elfman and Hans Zimmer's Batman themes. I can't tell you if there was a Black Widow theme, uh, a Shang-Chi theme, uh, Iron Man. Like, I can't whistle any of them to you.
0: I thought about you in the battle with uh, Fin Fang Foom last night. Yeah. Because the score around the fighting of Shang-Chi in the air with the tin rings around Fin Fang Foom's heart as he pulls it out. Was so bad and just so cookie cutter. Some strings and the Asian sounding drum. It yeah. was even that was bullshit. So I, I'm glad you brought that up because I forgot to bring it up today. No, I, I
1: just none of these characters have like Doctor Strange. I can't even whistle. Is there a Doctor Strange I don't thing? Know like if he I has can't even lot. whistle like like bump. Bum, 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 bum. It's so easy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I don't know why music is just like even that's generic whatever
0: i think it's a lot actually i think it's saturation yeah i want to say one thing before you pose the night or we do the nightcap you brought up some months ago okay are we or you stated that you were in a place of post marvel fatigue
1: oh i'm so fatigued right now i wonder if
0: i'm worse you might be you might be a little bit worse without even knowing it (laughs) Till right now (laughs) without even having it diagnosed i'm worse i might be
1: because, you know, I, I was okay. Like, I'll go, I'm will go still going to go see all these movies. And we got the podcast, so we're going to cover them because pe- they're hugely popular. People go see them. That's well, how we make all the money on this show. <laughs> <laughs> but I am so fatigued. Like, my back hurts. I'm so fatigued. Do you know what I mean? Like, yes. I just, and I'm thankful that, oh, my God, a Shang-Chi film got made. Whoever thought, like, in a million year, Ant-Man, Strange, Shang-Chi, yeah. all these characters. Like, I, I can't believe that's cool. But this, like it's yeah, it's cool. While well, I'm sitting there for two hours getting sick off my buttered popcorn, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like when I come home, like I'm not gonna, I'm gonna pop on
0: horror blowout
1: and <laughs> watch some De Palma.
0: <laughs> De Palma or John Carpenter is yeah, sorely I'm needed gonna right do now. Do that
1: instead. Yeah, maybe the answers on the horizon. But let's do the nightcap first.
0: All right, hit it. So I knew what well, we've talked about this film maybe laying the groundwork for what was next for Marvel and then hopefully having that played out. And I think the 10 rings bit at the end played to that. What I asked you to do for the nightcap was look at any of the next three Marvel features, not television. Mm -hmm. So we're doing features. That is the eternals that's Spider-Man and that's Dr. Strange Two. And dig through the rumor mill and find one rumor among them that you liked the most or felt like had the most legs, and let's play out the rumor mill for the nightcap tonight.
1: Do you want to go first? I just don't I don't want to take
0: yours as a thing. And I have a few rumors I could do. Yeah, let me go first. Go ahead. Um you brought it up earlier and a little bit. Okay. Mine's from Doctor Strange too. Okay. Is yours from Doctor Strange too no, as well? No. Okay, good. Then we won't walk on each other's toes here. When WandaVision finished initially one of the more controversial pieces of that was the post-series scene that showed an appearance from Doctor Strange. Marvel got too feministic with it and decided they weren't going to have any male role in this to take away from Wanda's presence in that. So they pulled it. That's what they said. It's not me playing pol- That's what they said.
1: Did Amy Pascal say that? Yeah. <laughs> or Kathleen Kennedy?
0: That's what they said. <laughs> I'm He's- producing Marvel films now. <laughs> He shows up in Wanda's little cabin, and they pulled it. Okay. Supposedly.
1: I don't know what the hell that does anyway. You know what I mean? I know. Yeah.
0: Exactly. Supposedly, among the other 50 appearance of characters that are going to show up in Strange 2, is an Mm acknowledgement that Wanda is the big bad behind it all. Now. Okay. In the world of Wanda, also also okay. in this film, these are this is two parts of the same rumor, okay. Dr. I'm sorry, Professor Xavier shows up in Strange as well. They have to work the mutants in sooner or later.
1: I heard a... Ru-
0: Hold on, let me finish. Okay. Hold on, then you can, then you can, I'll, I'll let you piggyback. I'll
1: tap onto your rumor.
0: <laughs> if both of these two show up and Wanda is the big bad, then that leads to... A really great story, which is is essentially the Thanos version of what happens to mutants from Wanda called House of M. And it's essentially, I'm tired of mutant bullshit and away they go. Mm -hmm. And it's her snap to rid the world of mutants. I don't think that they're going to get rid of mutants before they've even had a chance (laughs) to play in that arena. But Wanda and Wanda trying to rescue her kids from the nefarious reaches of Mephisto or wherever the hell they are, and her battle with the X-Men in order to do that because they're going to try to protect mankind is a rumor that I want to see. So Wanda, who is a mutant, I know she's portrayed as an X-Men, but she is a mutant, the daughter of Magneto. Yep. Is the rumor that I most want to see and that's if this is crazy I'm about to tell you something if played properly Wanda is arguably the most powerful character in the Marvel universe sure, why not? she is um I I will stand by that and I will defend it on any social like bring it bring it Ryan Nation I'll, I'll have the conversation with I'll you
1: I want to see her go up against some dark phoenix Jean Grey
0: yeah that'd be cool yep Um, so that's the rumor that I'm looking at is that those two get introduced and we get the setting of the playing field for that. That doesn't, that doesn't acknowledge what's happening with Kang or with Sharon Carter and all that. That's a whole nother crazy thing going on over there too. So maybe we have more of a comic book approach to the future, which is like several bad guys and different stories kind of working. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm fine with that too. Might even be better. Uh, so
1: there you go. To piggyback on your rumor, I read something this week that they're going to find a way because it's the multiverse of madness that they're going to find a way to tap into some of Fox's X-Men characters into that film. Sweet. Which is interesting. So does that mean Jackman's Wolverine or Michael Fassbender's Magneto? You know how much I love that casting. I do. That would be amazing. So I kind of want that a little bit of weight of that to, to be true.
0: Well, to that, supposedly it's um, McAvoy's Professor Xavier. That'd be great. Bald in the chair. All right. That's mine. Let's hear yours. You're
1: right, though, to kind of do away with the X-Men before introducing them is that's a bit of a miss. Like, they haven't even said the word mutant in this universe yet, so maybe we'll get it. Maybe we'll get it. Right. Mine, uh, I alluded to it a little bit. It's going to come from a little film called Spider-Man Far From Home. Rumors.
0: Everywhere. A gander.
1: (laughs) Yeah. But the one that I really want to be true and i don't know if it's entirely true yet cuz i haven't i don't have my evidence yet and but uh, my concrete i want a picture or a still mm-hmm. from the trailer or something and i know people said yeah he was in the trailer and then whatever i really want daredevil to be in that and i don't know if it's 100% yet until maybe we see the film supposedly you
0: see his forearms yeah yeah
1: exactly that's not enough for me yeah. i need to see him with the glasses me doing too. his Blind stare, yep. but a Charlie Cox's Daredevil from the Netflix show, because I don't know what that means, because I don't want all those characters coming into this universe, because most of them suck.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But his Daredevil, I'm on board with. Didn't. But also, I don't even know how they would branch the tone that those shows did into what they normally do. He's like crushing skulls and stuff, so they'd have to figure that out. But I don't want that all of that to go away, because Jessica Jones and him were pretty good. Yeah. Uh, if he shows up as uh, Peter Parker's attorney for his like coming out as a uh, Peter uh, Spider-Man, mm-hmm. that could be cool. That could be a nice, whether he fights with them in the in the final sequence or not, whatever. But if you establish a Matt Murdock and it's him, yeah. we're in good hands there. I love that character so much. Uh not just the show, that's one of my favorite Marvel characters.
0: My second favorite Marvel character. Yeah. I love him too. I
1: think that could be cool. So we'll see. I don't know. I, I just, uh, that seems so rumory and no evidence. It
0: does. It, you know what? It, it does, but it also makes perfect sense. Cause if they're going to introduce Daredevil, Spider Man is the right way to go. That they've oh, it, had a relationship no, for it is. years. Yeah, they,
1: they teamed up many a time and they've, Daredevil fought Electro in issue number two.
0: <laughs> and the other one that plays with Spider-Man 2 is Johnny Storm. Yeah. The two of those guys are thick as thieves. so thick as thieves. They are. Those guys are they buddies. Are, eh? So I don't know if they're going to introduce the Fantastic Four through Spider-Man. That seems like a bit of a stretch. But Daredevil, who's rooftop guy, yeah. the same way kind of Spider-Man is. The, no,
1: they'll mess. Marvel perfect. Studios will do a Daredevil film and then end that movie with like a sky beam coming out of like Fisk Tower for Daredevil to fight an alien. So you
0: know, it would happen so sweet or even the hand. Yeah, I love it. I, I I hope Charlie Cox came out on Insta or something this week and swore up and down that those were not his forearms on the table in the lawyer office of Spider-Man Two. But man, where there's smoke, there's fire. I know
1: that's yeah. So we'll see.
0: I'm hopeful for that one too. The, if we both get those. Yeah, I think we've got a light through what's been a pretty murky harbor for the last year and a half to two years.
1: The big one we didn't talk about is whether the spider Man are showing up with uh, Tom Holland's Spider-Man, which is something I really want to see uh, for what they've said. And you kind of think they would show up with what they've showed in that trailer. You know what I mean? Yeah. I
0: almost would be disappointed if they don't show up at this point. Trying to give you one more. Go ahead. I spoke about earlier in Guardians 2, there's a really quick moment where Ego is showing Peter snapshots from different worlds and things. And there's one instance where this large robotic creature is just leveling this town. Do you know what I'm talking about? Mm -hmm. That's a celestial, which is what Ego is if I'm not mistaken as well.
1: Is that Eternals?
0: So yes. Okay. In the Eternals trailer, you see a celestial go back and look at it, everybody. It's the one that just came out with the theater. So maybe this is uh, Eternals trailer three final trailer. Yeah. There is a rather humanoid-like structure with several rows of lights that descend north and south that look like multiple eyes. That is a celestial.
1: Yeah, there's like three on each side, yeah.
0: Right. That celestial is a brother or a kin to the one that we saw in Guardians 2 that is swinging that axe or mace or matic or whatever it is and wiping out those towns and those people. Mm -hmm. Supposedly, in in the Eternals trailer, we see Angelina Jolie's Eternal, I forget her name, in these tentacles of this rather nefarious-looking space thing. That space thing is called a Deviant. I didn't know any of this till I got into a real big rabbit hole last night. <laughs> the Deviants are the children of the Eternals. Okay. And they were basically left behind. You wonder who the most popular Deviant is? Yeah, I do. Mr. Thanos is a Deviant. Interesting. So there's a rumor that Thanos is going to make a reappearance in Eternals. I think that's bullshit. That character's exhausted. They're not going to use that, and that would be a huge mistake. And he's dead. And he, well, He's
1: wiped. Ash.
0: We don't know what time frame the Eternals exist in because they are rescuing a caveman child from the beaches in one of them. So I'm not sure exactly where they... But And w- let's hope that's not the case. What I do hope, though, yeah, or what's a possibility that could be fun, is that deviant tenta- tentacling mom into some coalition, and she's clearly spellbound with a look in her eyes, to resurrect the Celestials from their dormant state. Now, if they come from the water, and that stirs up some shit like in Atlantis, or the Deviants take down a city in some time, which is Atlantis, then now we're bringing Namor in there. So,
1: Well, there was even that tie in Endgame where they were talking about seismic activity yeah. underneath the Indian Ocean. Yeah. I was like, Namor, man.
0: He's coming. Yeah, he they, has to. He is. Yeah. He, right, especially with Aquaman, and now they have to have a water area well, and to plan Well, especially with too.
1: Fantastic Aquaman
0: because yeah, well, DC introduced Aquaman so oh, now the water yeah. thing is in play for everybody so they have to match and DC's especially if you introduced
1: there. the Fantastic Four you know he had the hots for Sue Storm all those years one of the
0: <laughs> best romances <laughs> in comicdom that one and then the Cyclops Logan, Jean Grey one yeah. so. So, crazy, crazy love triangles and to the other rumors which this is out of the three films we were allowed to use but Namor is the big bad supposedly in the new Wakanda film
1: interesting that'll
0: be cool you've seen that, everybody needs to, when we get off today, everybody needs to look at the last Eternals trailer because there's a bunch of interesting moments in there. Um, namely, all the deviants that are coming out of the water that they attack. we going to do that movie? For sure.
1: <laughs> Let's see if we're as disappointed as we were with this. October, right? No, November for 2nd or 3rd week in November. So you got a couple months yeah, to yeah, yeah.
0: recharge a bit. Are you doing What If? I am. How are you liking
1: it? Yeah, it's all right. I like, to- I like the animation style a lot.
0: We did... Um, the first, we did the Sharon Carter one and we did the Black Panther one. Mm-hmm. The animation is really nice.
1: Yeah, it's, I can't even describe what that is. It's like, it's almost like cell animation, but digitally done. It's it's so strange.
0: Speaking of comic books and heroes, uh, we probably should wrap it up because we got the Patreon to do. We're almost two hours into this. Can you believe it? <laughs>
1: No, like no, I do believe it. Like these episodes, they take a long time now. But good chat This has been a lot of fun. Yeah. Go check out Shang Chi and kind of see where you fall in line on that. Are you distracted by Trevor Slattery as much as we are? Yeah. Maybe you love that guy. I don't know. But uh, you better not. Yeah. Uh, it's time to kind of get back. You know, the weather's changing, the leaves are changing, and oh boy, it's, oh boy, it's getting a little spooky here in the recording studio. So. We're gonna tackle a cask of creatures mm. that I don't think we've ever talked about before. Yep. I, I went back and looked and not we've done psychos and invisible things and zombies. We haven't done zombies yet either. Rage kind of. Yeah, kind of. A rabbit. Oh yo, wreck rabbit, Wreck and rabbit. Yeah. A little bit. We haven't done this. No, I can't haven't. believe it. We haven't done vampires. Nope. And we have a three film cask slated that I haven't been this excited in a long time. This is gonna rock.
0: Everybody, this one is not what you think. This is a doozy. We are going to get into heavy, heavy artistic film stylings in this one.
1: So, Matt, you know the three films that we're going to tackle. Pick the first one we're going to do.
0: The Hunger. We're going to come out of the box right away with an auteur vampire flick with Susan Sarandon and David Bowie and Bauhaus. It's going to be a lot of fun. How long has it been? Six years. Oh, wow. So you're more recent than I am. Well, I've only done it once, too. So this will be a great revisit. Are we going to do it together tomorrow or next week before the show? Yeah, we should. I don't own it, and I don't know if it's streaming anywhere. So we'll we'll have to
1: kind of dig, to find it. We'll yeah. have to dig into that and kind of and kind of see. But that's going to be a lot of fun. And then the next two are
0: Alzheimer's. Do you want to let them out or you want to keep no, it? A secret we'll, we'll keep
1: it secret and right. safe.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it's going to be fun though.
1: Alrighty, so cheers. cheers. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, hit us up on any of the socials. Our Patreon, as Matt uh, described, we're going to be doing our watch-along of prom night and also our neat episode later in the month on Heathers. Know, those are going to be great. Yeah. That's going to
0: be so much fun. Prom night and Heathers, wow. That's going to be so much fun. Heavy return to high school on the Patreon this week. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so hit up any of those. Or, or this month, I said this week, this month, sorry.
1: Or on Public. any of your merch, T-shirts, pillows, paraphernalia uh coffee mugs it's all it's all there so you can get all the links in any of our bios on the social media so perfect check us out that wraps it up well cheers to you cheers to you. i gotta get going uh i'm oh man i had something perfect for this what was i gonna say i gotta go return my 10
0: like a library book?
1: Yeah, because they're making a mess. I'm blowing out walls and shit. No, I, I honestly, I thought of it in the middle of watching the movie of what I was going to say, and I totally forgot it. So you get that now.
0: Maybe you can find a dragon that'll ride you back in time to that place in your own blip, and you can remember.
1: I really think they missed an opportunity with ending Shang-Chi, like never-ending story with Shang-Chi on top of that dragon going, Yeah!
0: Yeah! <laughs>
1: Top shelf rating right
0: there. We'll see you all next week. (laughs) Have a good week, everybody. We'll see you in the dark.
1: Thank you for listening to Rye Smile Films. For more Rye Smile content, go to patreon.com slash rye smile films for exclusive bonus episodes. Plus feature length watch along commentaries on your favorite movies and TV show recap episodes covering the best from the small screen. For Rye Smile Films merchandise, go to tpublic.com. Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings is property of Marvel Studios and Walt Disney Studios motion pictures and no copyright infringement is intended. Until next time, cheers! Shang-Chi 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 Shang Shang
0: Shang-Chi. Shang Shang Shang
1: Shang yeah. You change your name from Shang to Sean.